Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. My take on today's gospel, perhaps the most encouraging part of our ministry in Acts 29 and a request. Those are the three things uh, I'd like to share this morning with you. First, my take on today's gospel. This this has always been a gospel. It's John 21 verses 1 to 14, although it's actually truncated uh, in our uh, gospel reading today. Uh, I, I think this should be read with what comes afterwards. This is known oftentimes as the reinstatement of Peter. This is the first conversation that we have between Jesus and Peter after the resurrection, which I think is just important to keep in mind first, because if I'm Peter and I know what I've done, namely I've gone from Holy Thursday night saying to Jesus after he has mentioned that someone's going to betray him, making the promise, Lord, though everybody else will deny you, I will never deny you. And then that horrible event that takes place when Peter not only denies that he knows Jesus in the Gospels, it actually goes to say uh, that he, he goes so far as to call a curse down on himself if he even knows who Jesus is. And that incident, by the way, just hold on to this, happens around a charcoal fire, St. John says in his Gospel. Then comes Jesus' passion, then his death, then his burial, and then Easter Sunday. And if I'm Peter and I see Jesus on Easter Sunday, I have two contrasting emotions. I am stunned, overwhelmed, filled with joy, amazed, awed at the fact that he is alive. And I am nervous as all get out about a conversation that I know has to take place, an interaction between him and me, me being the one who said, I will never deny you, and then I left you to get tortured to death. And so now here comes John 21, and it begins with a line that we want to make sure we don't miss. It begins with Simon Peter saying to the other disciples who are with him, I'm going fishing. Now, So far as we know, Peter has not fished since Jesus called him to come away and to become a fisher for men and for women. We hear in the Gospels that when Jesus called Simon and his brother Andrew and James and his brother John, they all left their boats and their nets and the fish. And now all of a sudden, Peter's going fishing. Why is Peter fishing? Well, I'll tell you why I think Peter's fishing. I think Peter's fishing because Peter is thinking, if he's anything like me, all those grandiose promises that Jesus made to be about being the rock, about being the one upon whom he's going to build the church, surely those things are over. The Lord will move on. I am disqualified. 
from serving in the way that he once asked me to serve because of what I've done. And so I think Peter's going back to his own his old life. And then, of course, what happens in the gospel? Jesus appears on the shore, asks them, have they caught anything? As always, I don't know how these guys made a living, right? But as always, they go, no. He says, hey, try the other side of the boat. Like, that didn't occur to you. They do. They catch this huge catch of fish. They bring them into the shore. John says, I think this has happened before. <laughs> I think that's the Lord. They come running in. It is the Lord. And the gospel tells us today that Jesus is standing next to a charcoal fire. Now, remember, the charcoal fire is the place where Peter denied Jesus. There's only two instances in the entire Bible where there's a charcoal fire. They just happen to be three chapters apart. One is John chapter 18, Peter's denial. The other is John 21, and the reinstatement of Peter, which comes after this gospel that we're hearing today, which is not included in the lectionary, where Peter asks Jesus, or rather Jesus asks Peter three times a question. And the question is, do you love me? And so even though this isn't the text today, I just want to take you there for a moment in a special way, I want you to try to picture in your mind your pastor or the priests who care for you and see them in this scene with Jesus. Because the most encouraging part of our ministry in Acts 29 is pouring into priests. To be clear, in the world in which we're living right now, the front lines of the battle is marriage and family. I don't want to diminish that in the least. But everybody knows that. Everybody knows the attack on marriage. Everybody knows the challenges of family life. Most people don't have a clue, unfortunately, about the situation that so many priests are living in right now. Over the last 10 months or so, we've been with 550 or so priests on retreat around the country. And over and over again, we hear this from our brothers. Frustration, loneliness, discouragement, a sense of abandonment. Uh, oftentimes stuck in behaviors and addictions and patterns of acting that, that they don't like. It's brought on by a lot of different reasons, not least of which is they're oftentimes overwhelmed by what's on their plates, understaffed, uh, inadequate resources financially, and an expectation that they will be everything to everybody, which just isn't possible. And then, of course, the enemy goes after priests in a particular way, because even though the priest is supposed to be and is a herald and a dispenser of mercy who's regularly bringing God's forgiveness in the confessional, the devil goes after priests to say something like, that doesn't apply to you, because you know better. You're not supposed to fall. You're not supposed to struggle. You're not supposed to sin which of course is unrealistic, right? But that's one of the lies that the, en the enemy tells priests. And so the reason why this gospel is so significant is because it helps us see how does Jesus handle the fall of one of his chosen ministers? Because it's often very different, or it is very different from how the church often does it. We're not talking about something criminal, we're talking about sin. And suddenly in this gospel comes this conversation between Jesus and Peter. 
a conversation that Peter has to be dreading, but knows has to happen. Just like in marriage, right? You know, something's happened and you got to have a conversation. You don't want to have it, but you know, you got to have it. You're never going to get through the impasse until that happens. And so here it comes, Peter and Jesus around the charcoal fire after the breakfast that has just happened in this gospel scene that we hear today at mass. And Peter asks, or hears this question from Jesus, Simon, do you love me? And if I'm Peter, I'm thinking, here we go. And no matter what I say, I'm going to get it. Because if I go, yes, Lord, then I'm going to hear him say, then where the hell were you? But of course, that's not what happens. Jesus asked Peter, Simon, do you love me? Simon says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. And a second time he asked, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my flock. A third time he asked, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. In other words, Simon, I saw your denials before I called you. I still called you. And in fact, now you're going to be a better dispenser of mercy to those who are going to be entrusted to your care because now you know that mercy and forgiveness isn't something in a book. You've experienced it. You know it firsthand. And so freely I'm giving to you right now. Freely you're receiving it. Freely go extend it to others. This is so crucial. And in our ministry of pouring into priests as we go around the country, leading guys on retreat, one of the most encouraging, inspiring things is after an all-day retreat where we just soak the brothers in the Gospels, we offer guys, those who want it, an opportunity to be prayed with by the lay people on our team, by Mary and Nick and Steve and Chris. And I'll tell you, every time we do this, they pray over guys individually for two to three hours, and the priests just walk up and it's almost as if they're going to confession to the lay people on the team. And then they just get prayed with. And we see guys oftentimes come in with slumped shoulders, burdened, weighed down, um, tormented by the various lies and accusations that the enemy says to them. And they leave free and restored and filled with hope and filled with confidence. With all that in mind, I just got a simple request for you today. Mindful that we're all struggling in these times of the pandemic and the social distancing and, and the priests are struggling too because they don't have access to the people that they want to care for, at least not in the ways that they've been accustomed to, just like you don't have access to them and to the sacraments. I just want to beg you on their behalf, please today pray in a very special way for the priests in your parish. Just ask God to pour out his grace upon them, to protect them from discouragement, to, to, to protect them from despair, to give them strength against the enemy's lies and accusations, to help them to know that whatever it is that they've been struggling with, God saw that before he called them, and he still called them, and he loves them, and he's got work for them to do. Ask Our Lady in a very particular way to take them under her mantle and to place them once again uh, side by side with her son and to equip them with the confidence that comes from knowing Jesus has conquered sin 
and he loves to forgive, and his mercy endures forever. And as they experience that personally, they become even more powerful heralds of it to those that they serve. Thanks in advance for praying for the priests in your life. Please pray for me. I need it as much as anybody. God bless you. May he protect you this day from any fear or any discouragement in your own life. May he give you an opportunity in your own prayer to sit down around a charcoal fire and have an intimate conversation with him and to simply hear him ask you the question, do you love me? And then answer from your heart and let him ask him to let you see him smile at you and let you know that the wounds that are in his hands and his feet and his side, he endured those out of love for you. And it was his joy, is his joy, to be your savior. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this.